0: Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. Today we're going to be looking at two passages. First, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through 58. And also we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. First, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin. Is the law, but thanks be to God, He gives us He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Philippians three, verses ten through eleven. I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to be here with you once again. <clears throat> uh, for the last couple of weeks, we have been focusing on the teachings on the resurrection as we had celebrated the Easter. Especially the Easter was a great time of remembering and experiencing the resurrection power of Christ exerted in our lives. Now, today, I want us to ask this question. What now? What is after Easter? How should we live as we have the resurrection power of Christ? If you read from the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, a chapter as known as Resurrection chapter, we can see Apostle Paul arguing those who did not believe in resurrection, thus were denying Christ's resurrection. And he clearly and firmly explains in this chapter what resurrection means to us believers. According to Paul, resurrection is the hope of our faith. Is hope of our faith. Paul teaches that the resurrection is our ultimate hope of faith. If you read verse 42 of the first Corinthians chapter 15, he says, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. In Christ, what Paul is saying is this, we will never die. We might face the physical death, yes, but surely our spirit will never die, and even our bodies will rise again on the last day. And that is the promise that Jesus has given us and that Paul is reminding us in this chapter. And we will be with Christ and enjoy Him forever. And that's the end destination of believers. That we will rise again. Not only our spirit, but even our bodies will rise again. And we will be with Christ forever. And as we know, Jesus' resurrection was the very first fruit of those things to come. As we look into the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can see the example that all, one day, we all will become like Christ, rising from the dead. Even bodily, we will rise from the dead and be with Christ forever. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 13 and 14. That's why the resurrection is the most vital part of our faith. The resurrection is the most vital part of our faith. Listen to Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 14. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. My brothers and sisters, resurrection is the ultimate hope of our faith. That's why the resurrection is the most vital part of our faith, as Paul says. Our faith is futile without resurrection. Without resurrection, there is no faith. You see, without resurrection, there is no Christianity. Thus, the resurrection is the ultimate hope of our faith. Amen. And Paul continues to teach that resurrection in a new level, as we look into Philippians chapter three, verse 10. What he's teaching is this: "The resurrection is not only the ultimate hope of our faith, it is also the source of our daily strength, source of our daily strength. Philippians 3:10. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. He said, I want to know the power of resurrection. He's talking about the power of resurrection, the power of creation being real in our daily lives. Here, to know, I want to know, to know is in the present tense. That means it refers to a continuous action. He wants to experience the power of Christ's resurrection continuously in his daily life. And that is his prayer, that is his desire, and that is also his instruction to all the believers. I want to know Christ. I want to continuously experience Christ and the power of his resurrection. Here, he's not thinking only of the divine power that raised Christ from the dead. Or the power that will raise us from the dead at the last day. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the power of a resurrected Christ now operating in the believer's new kingdom life. In your daily life, we can experience this power of resurrection. That is what he's teaching. That is what he's desiring and arguing this power enables believers to live a new kingdom life because they have been raised with Christ. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you are raised from the spiritual death, death. according to Romans chapter 6, verse 4. The power of resurrection, the power of creation is available to us now today through our personal relationship with God. It's not some kind of abstract power or energy source. It's the real personal power that comes from the Holy Spirit. The power of resurrection. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that is in us as Holy Spirit residing in us. And that power is available available for all the believers today, right now, daily. Imagine that. But did you know, my brothers and sisters, Our problem is forgetfulness. We forget that we have the power of resurrection in the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Don't forget, my brothers and sisters, that the power of resurrection is rightly ours in Christ Jesus if you are a believer. Don't miss out the most important, incredible, satisfying, and meaningful relationship that you can ever have with Jesus Christ. And you can have his power through that loving relationship as he gives us and provides us the things that we need. Don't forget that. The major reason why many Christians today do not experience the power of resurrection in our daily life is because we, they have forgotten. Don't forget who you are, my brothers and sisters. Bible says we are the people of God in Christ. We are the kings and the priests in Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, who have the conquering power of resurrection. We are the children of God. We need to really understand our identity in Jesus Christ if you really want to experience the power of resurrection daily in our lives. My brothers and sisters, you are the children of God as you believe in Jesus Christ. We have the right to become the children the Apostle John actually said. Live according to your identity. Be what you are born to be in Christ Jesus. That's why we cannot, you cannot waste your life on merely earthly, fleshly things, not merely for American dreams or the fame of this world, that we really need to remember who we are And as people of Christ, we have the power of resurrection available for us every single day. And I think also the problem that we cannot really experience this power daily is our enemy is trying to deceive God's people to miss out the rights and power of the resurrection as he injects the lies into the minds of believers. Why do we choose to listen to the lies of this world instead of the truth of the Word of God? Why do we choose to listen to the conventional promises of the world while we have the covenantal promises of God? The enemy is doing superb job to deceive God's people to think that we are powerless, especially times like this, tumultuous time when we can't really do much physically outside. Some Christians are so used to be deceived that they think like the world. And thus, we try to find worldly solutions for our problems. I think that was Paul's frustration. He wants God's people to know that we have the power of resurrection, real power of resurrection in a real sense in our daily lives. As a matter of fact, if you look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19, you can clearly see Paul's heart for God's people. Let me just read it to you. I keep asking God that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. in the heavenly realms. Do you see the power that he's talking about that many Christians miss out? That the Paul is so frustrated that he said, I pray for you that eyes of your faith, eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you, that you have the power. What power? He says in verse 20. The power they exerted in Christ when Christ was raised from the dead. He's talking about the resurrection power. Paul is saying, I want you guys to remember. I want you guys to know. I want you guys to experience the very power of Christ, the very power of resurrection that is real to us as the Holy Spirit is residing in the believers, that we can experience this power, that we can continue to live out the Christian life. When we remember who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, we can live with the power of resurrection, my brothers and sisters. Now, here, after Paul defends and explains the resurrection, he continues to instruct how to live as a people of Christ who have the power of his resurrection. He continues on as we read today. How should we live then with this power of resurrection? Four things I would like for us to to remember. First, we live fearlessly in victory. We live fearlessly in victory. What is the ultimate fear of the fallen humanity, my brothers and sisters? What is the ultimate enemy of life? Death. All the people are afraid of death. Why are we so crazy and concerned about this pandemic? Death. People may die, especially for those who have some kind of physical conditions, respiratory conditions or any other conditions, is high risk of death. Elderly people have higher risk. And we know that death is the ultimate enemy, and all the people are afraid of dying. But listen to what the Bible says: the Christ has overcome and defeated death through his resurrection. Death has swallowed up in victory, it says. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where O oh, death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we believe in Jesus, if we are His people, we also can overcome death by the power of resurrection. That's what He's saying. That's what the Bible is saying. If we know that we have resolved the problem of death, what shall, we, what shall we be afraid of? If God is giving us the power of a resurrection, yes, physically we might die, but at the end, we will have the ultimate resurrection. Even our spirit and body, everything will rise again in the last days and we will be with Him forever. If that is the ultimate promise, ultimate hope of our faith, what shall we be afraid of? Historically, if you look into the lives of Christians, especially the Christian martyrdom, you can clearly see how people were, the Christians, the believer of Jesus Christ, they were not afraid of death. We know in the first century, the first Christians faced martyrdom. But they kept their faith. As a matter of fact, to be a leader in the church, in the first church, one of the requisite of being a church leader is, to, is to, be in the, to have the willingness to be martyred in the future. Imagine that. They were willing to die to become pastor, to become elders, to, to become the leaders in the church. And they're all thinking someday I will be martyred for the sake of Christ. Why? They did not really worry or afraid of dying, because they had the ultimate hope of faith, the resurrection. How does this f- truth apply to us? How can we live fearlessly in our lives today? In this tumultuous time, it is so easy for us to fall into the mode of fear and panic. But knowing that Jesus gives us the power of resurrection. Even if some might fall because of this virus, this because of the disease, we know that ultimately we have the victory in Christ as we know the power of resurrection. Last week, one of our mission partners in the Philippines passed away because of this virus. It was a shocking news for me. He had the condition, a precondition. He had a diabetes, and he had some problems before. And because of weakness of his body, he contracted this virus in the Philippines, and last week he passed away. And um, he was a close friend of mine, and we've been doing ministering together, partnering together in the Philippines. And it was very difficult for our family, for, uh, for me personally, to really face this tragic situation. But we know, and we all know, that as believer of Jesus Christ, He is with the Lord. He is experiencing this resurrection power and knowing that someday we will see Him in the pasture, we can have comfort and hope in the Lord our Jesus Christ. Thus, we shall not be afraid of what's happening. I'm not saying we shall be reckless. That's nothing to do, be, nothing to do with being fearless. We should be careful and we should uh, take care of our bodies. We should take care of our lives. But in our mind, in our hearts. We shall never live in fear, but we can live fearlessly, enjoying victory in Jesus Christ. I want us to live in that lifestyle, that kind of mindset. As we are being careful, at the same time, we can truly enjoy our life in Christ Jesus. We can live fearlessly in victory, Because of the resurrection power. Amen. Secondly, we can live we live joyfully in thanksgiving. We live joyfully in thanksgiving because we have the resurrection power. Listen to what Paul said. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Are we thankful, my brothers and sisters? no matter what is happening with our lives in our current circumstances, ultimately, we can really complain. Even if the worst things can happen to us, still we can give thanks to God for salvation and new life in Christ Jesus, for the promise of, promise of God that He will be with us until the end. Even, the, even facing death or death-like experiences, at the end, we know That Christ will be with us, and we have this final, ultimate hope of our faith that we shall be resurrected one day, knowing that ultimately we cannot really complain. However, I know in reality it might be very difficult for us to give thanks in this tumultuous time, facing global crises that affected our lives so drastically. I know it is very frustrating. Life of gratitude, thanksgiving, is the marking of a Christian. Let me say it again. The life of thanksgiving, life of gratitude, is the marking of a Christian. Why? Just think about it for a moment. God saved us from sin and death. God gives us the new promise of new life in christ that one day we can actually experience fully the power of resurrection being with christ but even now today every single day we can actually experience his leading his love his mercy his wisdom his strength the strength that can this work can never explain or experience the strength that only comes from the Spirit of God. And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry if you're not a believer, you can never understand this, but there is a power that can never explain to you unless you experience it. The power that comes within from the Holy Spirit that every single day when you wake up, you can live a life with a purpose and meaning. That you can live a life in all circumstances, giving thanks, knowing that Christ is with you and in and through that pain and suffering, possibly you can actually live a meaningful and powerful and purposeful life. That is something that I cannot explain with words. And my prayer is that if you are listening and I don't know who you are and where you are in your faith journey, that I really pray that you will experience this power of resurrection in your relationship with Christ. If you open your heart and receive Him, He will give you. He's a person. He's not an abstract idea. He's a real person. He comes to you in the Holy Spirit and He lives within you and your life can be drastically changed. Yes. And gradually, you will become more like Christ as He leads you and guides you as your Holy Father. And my brothers and sisters, this is something that my heart, my conviction, that I really want people to experience that. It happened to me. My life has totally changed because of what Christ has done for me. And as Christ entered into my life, God saved us. God leads us. God showers favor upon us and more and more. As I was talking to you guys, some of you guys, the Petra members last Friday, I mean, I cannot help but to give thanks to God that we are still okay, doing well, I know some people might lost their jobs, and they're going. Possibly, some people went through very hard time because of the disease or virus. But we know that God will continue to provide, and we are praying that God will continue to be with us, and He is with us. Think about for a moment: He saved us from sin and death. He leads us in guiding. He leads us to His presence every single day. And he's guiding our lives, showering with our favor upon all of us. And I think a lot of us, we cannot really complain too much about the circumstances. And then when I was talking to some of the members in the Philippines who actually got huge hit because of this virus, though the numbers of the, uh, infected people are less than uh, here, knowing that the, usually in the third world developing countries, the impact of the virus is much, much, has a much, much higher risk um, and because of the limited source of the medical care. But every time I talk to them and I talk to some of the missionaries out there, at the end, you know what? They still give thanks for God's mercy and grace in their lives. They, they, they can continue their ministry. They can continue to worship God. They can continue to live for God my brothers and sisters, ultimately, we give thanks. In such hard times and difficult times, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, May God in His mercy lead us through these times, difficult times, but above all, may He lead us to Himself. Like his prayer, did you know, my brothers and sisters, in such tumultuous In difficult time as this, God leads us to Himself ever so deeply in this time. We have our God, whom we can go to. We have our Heavenly Father, whom we can depend upon. We have our Spirit of God, whom empowers us to overcome all our struggles. How can we not give It's time for us to seek God with such intensity and consistency in thanksgiving. Don't you think? We live joyfully in thanksgiving. When I say joy, joy does not depend on the circumstances. That's why the Bible says, be joyful for what you have in Christ Jesus. Our circumstances might not be what we want. And we will be probably unhappy of the things of things But happiness depends upon the circumstances, but the joy is depending upon something deeper than the circumstances. The joy really depending upon the attitude and the spirit. What do we have, my brothers and sisters? We have our God in our side, in our difficult times. Especially, He is with us. Then, let us be joyful as we give thanks to God. Why? We have the power of His resurrection in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thirdly, we live unswervingly in faith. We live unswervingly in faith. The Bible says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, as you have the power of resurrection, stand firm. Let nothing move you. We must stand firm in our faith, my brothers and sisters. I know it is very difficult for us to keep being faithful in such time as this, when things are tough and hard, when we are so easily tempted to complain and despair. Be patient. Persevere through. That's what our faith is for. That's what our faith requires us to do. Faith is always, always described in the Bible with these two ideas, patience and perseverance. If you are faith, if you have faith, you continue to be patient and persevere as you wait on the Lord, as you depending on God. You, we may go through hard circumstances, tough times, but we can be patient and persevering as we have faith in Jesus Christ. It says we must stand firm against the enemy. Stand firm, let nothing move you. You know, standing firm contains a connotation of militant, militant idea. Just like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 says. That's why it says, stand firm in your faith against the, all the enemy's tactics and schemes standing still. That's the idea. Standing firm is the idea of a soldier standing still. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, the Roman soldiers, when this passage was written, would form a flank and stand still. They would not move unless they die. That was their attitude, at least. They are to stand their ground standing firm Standing still. That's what it means to stand firm. In your faith, we stand firm. Let nothing move you. Just like the Roman soldiers are, are, are trained to form a flank and stand still no matter what. That's the idea. Let nothing move you. Stand firm, meaning stand still. Stand still in your ground of faith, my brothers and sisters. I know all kinds of different things are coming into Coming into our mind through different medias, different news, and all kinds of different things. And this world is so confusing and chaotic everywhere we turn to. Times like this, we stand still in our faith. Stand still on on the ground of our faith. Amen. Also, the standing firm contains, as it contains the connotation of the military, Uh, standing still also means standing forward. There is no retreat, my brothers and sisters. There is no turning back, always looking forward. That's what it means by standing firm. You stand still and you face forward. You don't retreat, you don't turn back, you look forward. That's the idea when he was writing this, when Paul was writing this. And because we have the power of resurrection, we can stand, stand firm. Meaning stand still and stand forward in our faith. Moving forward. Drawing near to God. Grow in our spirit. Expand our vision for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such time as this. He says, let nothing move you. Nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Our problem is not the availability of the power, but the av- allowance of deception, isn't it? Let nothing move you. Let the worldly news move you. Let, lest the worldly news move you, let nothing move you. But problem is that we let lies of the enemy to penetrate in our mind and thoughts and attitude. Do not let anything move you, my brothers and sisters. Don't give them permission. Be alert. Filter what you are hearing, what you are injecting into your mind. Filter all the things around us as we seek the Word of God. How do we filter this world and ideas and, and all kinds of crazy news? Well, we need the wisdom of God discernment of God. How? Seek His Word. Through biblical principles and through His Word, we'll be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. That's what we're called to do with a sharp mind. Be alert. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen? Let nothing move you. Stand firm, stand still, stand forward, and let nothing move you. We live unswervingly in faith. That's our life, my brothers and sisters. That's why, how do we know we are living a Christian life, strong Christian life? Consistency. Consistency in your life. Are you living a life of consistency in faith? we can live unswervingly in faith because we have the power of resurrection. Amen? Now, last but not least, because of the power of resurrection available for us daily, we serve fully for the kingdom of God. We serve fully for the kingdom of God. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, the Bible says, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Don't serve half-heartedly, my brothers and sisters. Serve fully, he says. Give yourself fully, everything that you've got for the work of the Lord. What's the work of the Lord for you and for me? What is the mandate that Jesus has given us to give, to believe in the Son of God, work of the Lord is this: to believe in the Son of God, whom God has sent, and also to proclaim Him to the world around us. That's our work of the Lord. Do you believe, my brothers and sisters, that He is Lord, your God and your Savior? He is with you. He is the one. He is our Lord and Savior. Savior, yes, He saved us. Also, He's our Lord, meaning we are to obey. His word. We are to obey whatever He asks of us, commands of us to do. And one of the greatest commissions that God has given us is what—to proclaim the message to the world—in and through our lives, through words and deed, through our life. That's the work of the Lord. Are you giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord? that in and through your life that you live out the gospel, the message that God has given us and also live out live for the gospel, preaching the gospel. How is your life? First relationship with God, the vertically, how is it? Are you seeking God? Are you becoming more like Christ? Being matured every day? Growing, making a progress in your faith journey? And also are you horizontally expending the love of Christ? That's the work of the Lord. It says, give fully to the work of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, because we have the power of resurrection, we do not have any any excuse to fall back, to shrink back, or to give half-hearted service. Why? The power is available for us. Jesus said He will be with us, He will guide us, and He will give us the power to do what we can even imagine to do as we fully give ourselves to the work of the Lord. But so many of us, we think Christian life, Christian work of the Lord is just one of the curriculums of our lives, right? Or extracurriculums. Things that we do, as I study, as I work, as I raise my family, that's also one of the things that I need to do. No. He encompasses everything. That's what Christian life is all about. He governs everything. That's the work of the Lord. As we are the people of God, that we are to raise our children in a godly way. We are to raise our family in a certain way. We are to extend our love to the word, to, to, to the world with our Good deeds. We are to work hard and give ourselves fully to our work because also it's a part of worship. This is it the other way around? Isn't it? Christian life governs every aspect of our lives, our faith governs every aspect of our lives. And that's the work of the Lord. And because we have the power of resurrection, now the Bible says we can fully give, fully serve for the kingdom of God. And whatever that we do, amazing thing is this says that your labor in the Lord is not in vain, meaning your life is not in vain. If you are raising your children in a godly way, if you are praying for your children and educating them in your household, Yes, it seems very mundane and very hectic and very much routine things. But I tell you, as they grow, as you give your fully to the work of the Lord by faith, you can also make a difference in the lives of your children. And that is also part of worship. And I tell you, your work is not in vain. Yes, we have to go to our work and make and produce our financial uh, needs. And you might say, oh, I have to wake up in the morning. Maybe not right nowadays, but we have to go to work every day. got to do it. But it's a part of worship that we can really build our character, and we can also, read, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a facility where we can reach out to the people and encounter with others. At the same time, we can produce wealth so that we'll be able to continue our work in our kingdom journey. It's all part of worship. And your work is not in vain. Your life and my life seeming very insignificant compared to the mainstream or compared to the world fame. We might seem so small and so nothing, but God says, No, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your life me, is meaningful and powerful and purposeful how small that is, if people know or not, does not matter. If God knows us, if God is the one, he gives us the purpose to live. That's all we need. If the judge of life, ultimate judge of life says, good job, my faithful servant. That's all we need to, we want to, we strive to receive. Don't you think? Your labor in the Lord was never in vain. Your life is not never in vain. Therefore, do not waste your life on the things of merely earthly things, my brothers and sisters. Do not investigate, uh, not investigate, invest your life into the temporal things, temporal things, that they will go away soon always we need to invest our lives into something lasting. Invest your life in the kingdom of God, into the gospel ministry, into faith, into someone's life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Wherever you are, especially times like this, I know it's very frustrating. We cannot travel. We cannot do much. It seems you are like doing the same thing over and over again. Many people are getting depressed, frustrated. But your daily faithfulness, seeking God, taking care of your family, taking care of your neighbor taking care of your church praying and all that is not in vain not my word god's word when you do everything by faith it's not in vain continue my brothers and sisters you this is what a great opportunity to serve our family times like this you might say how can we serve now in this situation of pandemic. We can't really do much. We cannot do gospel ministry. We cannot go and talk to our neighbors. By the way, you can. Six feet away. Wearing a mask. Don't shake hands. How can we reach out to people? Well, I'll tell you this. Times like this, the most powerful ministry that you can involve yourself and serve fully is the ministry of prayer. Pray. Pray. Pray for people. Pray for those people whom you will and you are planning to share the gospel in the future. This pandemic will not last forever. Trust me, I know that the state of Illinois extended until the end of May and I know it's one more month, oh my goodness. But it's not going to be continue on. One day it's going to end. And I know that lifestyles and things has changed so drastically, but there will be an opportunity for us to share the gospel. Let's pray and prepare for that. Prepare, especially the ministry of the prayer. Especially when you are doing the, the ministry of the gospel, sharing the message of the gospel to the world, prayer is the foundational work that we must do anyway. You need to pray for the people. Pray for those whom you The loved ones that that they do not know Jesus Christ. Contact them and call them and have connection, especially your family members. Times like this, we're to take care of our families, right? Time for us to serve our family. Don't you think more effectively, more powerfully and more spiritually. Pray for them. Call your elderly family members every day. Let them know you care. Let them know you're praying for them. And especially if they're not Christians. What a great example for us to reach out to these people. So ministry of prayer, I want you to really remember. And through the ministry of prayer, we can really prepare. It's a time of preparation for the next phase of our church ministerially. I don't know how are we, we are going to do in the future, but that's why we need to pray, don't you think? the the, the book of James says if you lack wisdom ask God we lack wisdom I don't know how to take care of I don't know how to continue to to uh, do the gospel ministry as our life has been drastically changed well let's pray and find out and discover because God will give us wisdom how to do so it is a time of preparation I really believe that something greater things can come after this. Yes, this pandemic is very frustrating, but at the end end of it, great revival can break out by faith as we pray for. Pray, let us prepare. This is a great time for us to prepare for that. And do not waste your time, especially times like this when we can spend some time praying. Amen. So we can truly serve fully for the kingdom of God, even now, at this time. In your life, daily, every day, you can fully serve the kingdom of God. Because we have the power of resurrection. My brothers and sisters, God is with us. Amen. He loves us, He cares for us, and He's real. And he grants us his power, provides us his power. Let us live fearlessly in victory, therefore. Let us live joyfully in thanksgiving. Let us continue to live unswervingly in faith. And not but not least but not least, last but not least, let us live serving fully for the kingdom of God. It is my prayer that you and I will continue to experience the power of resurrection in such time as this so that we can be a greater example to the world around, the example of blessing to the world around. Let's pray.